Uh, Mitch, why don't you come on? We're going to uh, begin to preach. Uh, we're going to set that up. This is my son, Mitch, who's usually drumming, but today he is going to be preaching with me. Amen. Being family day. Stop it, you're too kind. He'll be right back. He'll be right back. He's got to get something for our, our prop for our sermon. It's a horrible prop. It's terrible, but I'll, you'll understand that in a minute. Now, before I forget, um, I'm really felt in my spirit to call the church to a day of fasting and prayer. And I really, uh, we're going to target this coming Thursday and Thursday night at 7.30. We're going to have a prayer meeting here. You're welcome to come to that. Everybody, I will encourage you to spend a day in fasting and prayer, ready to pray for Canada. We want to pray for our nation. We want to pray for peace. This nation represents peace. And uh, we are a declaration of peace to the world. And so we have to come back into unity and peace in our land and the wisdom of God to prevail against all the things that would come to destroy that peace. Amen? So we want to pray for that. And we want to pray for the Ukraine and for Russia. We want to pray that our job, if the kingdom of God has anointings on nations, our job is to bring peace. And the greatest way we invest peace into the world right now is through prayer. Amen? So I'm encouraging you, if you can't come Thursday, take a different day, fast and pray for those things it's just going to be powerful that we're going to do that. Amen. Well, it's Canada Day. Uh, sorry, no, it's not Canada Day. It's Family Day. I was just talking about Canada, and uh, it'll all make sense in a minute. It's Family Day. So Family Day, we thought we'd do the dedications we talked about, but then we also uh, thought, being Family Day, let's do a tag team preaching. Yeah. So Mitch is one of our interns uh, in our youth department and, uh, and uh, just serves in so many capacities in our church and we're just excited to have him preach the Word of God today with me mm. on the tip topic of... Lying. Lying. So yep. tell him about the props and what we're yes. going to do here, brother. Well, like, like my father said, I am one of the youth interns, and uh, together we thought, let's bring some youth to church. Come on. Um, not physically, I guess none of them showed up, but that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Stefan's here, and Chris is here, and oh, we got, oh, we got a London over there. Okay, we're wrong. Oh, my goodness. John... Yes, round of applause for our youth, everybody. Come on. Yeah. These kids are awesome. That being said, we're, we're, doing, we're doing a little challenge. It's called, it's called uh, Fill Your Guts or Spill Your Guts. Okay. Um, why don't so, you tell us what it's about? So, so basically, <laughs> either you, you're going to be asked questions. We got four questions here. Yep, sealed. Two each. Uh, we could have gone on. And uh, the question will be asked, and either I have to answer the question truthfully or I have to take a shot of Frank's Red Hot. We would have done something a little more gross, but we've already done this once. Okay, so <laughs> 9 a.m. service, this was not fun because <laughs> anyway, it, was it just was so wasn't bad. pleasant. So needless to say, you're either gonna, we're either going to tell the truth or we're going to take a shot. I'm first. I'm going to do it to you first, if that's yeah, okay. Yep. Here you go, brother. It's all you. Okay, here's your first question, Mitchell. Hang on. What is the worst lie you've ever told your spouse? Starting off strong. Yes. Starting off strong. There are four shots up here. 
No, no, it's okay. She already knows it. She already knows it. I'm she was in the guys. first service. She was. So she also was aware of this lie, which is the reason. That's yeah, anyway. We'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> Basically, years ago, before I was married, um, my beautiful wife wanted to hang out with me, and I was dumb and wanted to play video games instead. Yes, you were dumb. Uh, yeah, very, very stupid. So I decided to tell her, uh, not that I wanted to play video games because I'm not that dumb. I'm not gonna. Die. I don't want to hang out with you. I'd rather play video games. No, instead I told her uh, I was waiting for a package at home and I couldn't come and hang out with her. Um, she bought it. No worries. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Uh, yeah, no worries. You stay home. Great. Then I get a phone call from my buddy like 45 minutes later. It's, oh, we're all going bowling. Sweet. Bowling sounds great. So I call Michaela, see if she wants to go bowling. She's like, <laughs> Dude. So dumb. Yeah, you're not a good liar. Yeah, that wasn't good. What about the package? Uh... Someone else is getting it now. <laughs> Didn't go over well for me. Lie upon she lie. She read me like a book. Yep. And uh, it still gets brought up to this day. Wow. Uh, she You're... found out I was preaching on, on the lying. She's like, you tell him that story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, your turn. No, that's good. No, it's good. No, it's your turn. Yep. Perfect. We're, we kind of went long on nope. worship, so we should probably cancel some of these things. Okay. It's a good one, actually. Okay, here we go. I think you've told this one before. I, I would assume this is the most... What is the most elaborate lie you've ever told? The most elaborate lie I've ever told? Yeah. Um, I can think of two. <laughs> You're like, really, Pastor? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, one was for survival's sake and one was for humor's sake. So I'll tell you the survival sake one first. Give her. Survival sake, uh, my brother was about 16, 17, I was 15, and he had this beautiful lambskin leather coat, beautiful, soft, like gorgeous leather, brown, light brown, and he said, touch it and die. <laughs> and uh, he went to work on a night shift, and I said, well, I'm going to a party, and I would look good in that coat, amen. So I went to the party wearing this coat, and uh, everyone thought, ah, oh, that's a cool, beautiful coat, thanks, thing, I know. And um, I snagged it on something and tore it. Ooh, is right. Now, you, you don't understand. My brother was not serving the Lord then, and uh, <laughs> this would not have been a good thing. So being the brilliant strategist I am and liar that I was then, uh, I went home and I nailed a nail into the back of the closet where the coat was, hooked the, the area that was torn onto the nail, and hung the coat up. About three days later, I heard him opening the closet door, taking the coat out, and then suddenly words that don't belong on the lips of a Jesus follower came out of his <laughs> mouth. And uh, I said, I came out and I said, Oh, bro, that's horrible, man. Oh, look, you should get rid of that nail. That's terrible. And he never was the wiser. On his wedding day, I told him the story. Long after he was saved. <laughs> yeah, long after he was saved. And uh, so that was my most elaborate lie that I ever told. It's pretty good. That was a good one. Thanks, man. Worthy of missing out on the shot. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you ready? No. Everyone is like, what's your second lie? You want to hear it? Yeah. It was really funny. So we were in Hawaii with my kids, and there was this really cute boy, and he was looking at Michaela and her, and her friend who was with her, and so they went to the washroom. So we went to the guy and said, listen, we're going to send two fake, like, virgin drinks from you, pina coladas, 
and then you just, and we're going to tell the waitress to say it's from you. And if you could just give them a little wave, and then, <laughs> so sure enough, they do. They, the waitress brings out the drinks, and the girls are like, look, and they look over Buddy, and Buddy's like, like, <laughs> and then, and then we're like, this is epic. And they're like, oh, they're trying to get pictures of him with their cell phone, but not showing. And then we get on the plane to fly back, and guess who's on the plane? <laughs> Buddy's on the plane. And there, it was just comically hilarious. So Betty and I planned, we're not going to say one word until her wedding night. Two years later, a friend of ours who was on the trip in Hawaii said, wasn't that hilarious when your parents pulled that gag and they did that? And she's like, what? Yeah, it was totally a lie, Michaela. Sorry, it was. And yeah. Sorry, I had to tell the second one. I don't mind. Two for one. Here we go. Now you. (laughs) Here's your second one. (laughs) This is beautiful. What is the worst lie you've ever told the person standing on stage with you? That's mean, brother. Tyler, you're hiding around the corner? No, nobody. You're all alone. you? All by myself. <laughs> Come worst on, brother. Worst I've ever told you. Yeah, worst. Come on. Come on. It's bad, dude. It's, it is like, like hell itself. It's, oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, bad. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, you had a choice. Guys, it was uh, con- confession time. Confession time. You could have been free. The burn. <laughs> See, that's what no, it's like. I actually like hot sauce. That is so much worse. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was awful. Sorry, man. Okay, let's move on. No, you're on. not. You came up with this game. You, you should just move to your introduction. <laughs> My introduction, yeah. yeah. Uh, right after I ask you your last question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. Uh, rank your staff members from favorite to least favorite. <laughs> All by yourself. <laughs> I'm telling you, this was disgusting. It was really bad. Okay, uh, it depends on the day. Right. How about... Today. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) Go ahead. It's so so bad. I'll just leave it there. Whatever. I'm going to motivate you guys. Oh, man. Well. I'll move it out of here. Okay. Sounds good. It's too. I can't. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we could just keep um, confessing our sins to you guys for the whole sermon, and you guys would enjoy that. Um, but you would leave unfulfilled, probably. Well, we'd leave unfulfilled at least, so <laughs> we're going to get into the message. Um, oh, geez. What has happened to your message? Oh, we're good. It's back. Okay. Well, like we said, this week we're preaching on lying, directly out of uh, chapter 6 of the book that we're going through as a church. Chapter 6, lying. Keeping that in mind, how many of us are caught up on the book? You know what? I am proud of the honesty in this group. <laughs> I expected so many hands to go up, and I was going to call everyone out. There was like five hands. You, I'm proud of you guys. You did good. <laughs> Funny enough, actually, um, that this week we're, we're preaching on lying. A couple of weeks ago, I got uh, lied to. 
pretty, uh, pretty extensively, actually. We, we had some street cleaning signs up on our street. Mm -hmm. um, street cleaning Friday. Perfect. We needed it. Bad. So everybody had to move their vehicles mm -hmm. off the street. Yeah, you got you to gotta prepare for street cleaning. You got to get out of the way, right? Street cleaning Friday. Friday comes and goes. Streets are not clean. Signs are gone, though. Next day, new signs up. Street cleaning Wednesday. Okay. Sounds good. They're coming back around. It's all good. Give them, give them another go. Wednesday comes, goes, nothing. Sign gone. Street still dirty. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Two days later, street cleaning Monday. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm going to park in the driveway anyway, but I'm, I don't believe it. Sure enough, there was no street cleaning. Monday. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Next day, street cleaning signs on Friday. They yep. came Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's car was still in the street. Yeah, no, they couldn't move them. <laughs> <laughs> so the street didn't even get clean. I didn't even know what to believe. Yep. Ob obviously, I so Simon, I'm sorry. I so appreciate the work that our town workers do. They're amazing. Amen. Round of applause, everybody, for our town yeah. employees. They're so good. The weather was so insane, although the freezing and thawing, and I, I know they had to redirect a whole bunch, but uh, yeah, I just, I just didn't know what to believe after. <laughs> and I know it's just a silly little example about, you know, what real truth is and, and is not as it seems, but, you know, everything we see today in the world as truth it's just, you know, clips and snippets and headlines taken out of context, mostly, and being fed to different people to, to reinforce their own beliefs. Yeah. Um, you get what I'm saying? In our world today, um, we are so inundated with the message telling us this is truth about the situation, and you better believe that it's true. And, you know, this is why having God's perspective on um, truth and, and real, you know, real kingdom truth itself is so important. Um, so lying itself, why do we do it? Um, there's pretty much two main reasons we can lie. Uh, the first one would be out of fear. Uh, and the second one would be uh, desire for personal gain. You even so see that? Fear was like when my brother would have killed me. If yes. It, yeah. Thank exactly. You. And personal gain was my desire to play video games. Exact same idea. <laughs> we see that just entirety in, in fear. You know, like a child who lies about eating cookies out of the cookie jar, writing his name on the wall, still holding the marker. You know, there's a fear for the repercussions of that act. Or an adult, you know, worrying about hurting someone's feelings or, or um, you know, scared of even the repercussions of their own. Um, you know, and the adverse, the gain that people can um, get when manipulating their resume a little bit, or a lot of bit. <laughs> Slight change on an internet profile, or little white lies you tell just to, uh, get what you, you want, right? You see, uh, lying is all around us, and it's a massive part of our lives, unfortunately, mm -hmm. no matter how we feel about it. Why, though, is lying so prevalent in the world today? Many studies have um, been gone into lying, and lots of them have shown we are fed upwards of 200 lies a day. Yep. Insane. Ridiculous. Uh, studies have shown you the effect that lying has on people, and the more they do it, the more likely they are to do it naturally, as their typical response. Um, when given the option, people often choose to lie out of almost uh, habit, almost instinctually, you know? Um, someone asks you, you've seen a movie? Oh, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that movie. Uh, what's, what's your opinion of it? Yeah, that's exactly my opinion of the movie, too. Right? Like, why wouldn't you just say no? <laughs> parents, parents don't have favorites. Yeah, I'm sure we all believe that. Don't be bitter. Ah, uh, whatever. 
<laughs> it's next week's sermon. It's bitterness. bitterness. <laughs> Try like, harder. I might like you more. <laughs> aren't you preaching on grace in this message? Yep, grace is your section. Perfect. Just kidding. Good. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. Like many things in life, lying becomes easier the more we do it. I like to think of it this way. I like to think of it in the context of Newton's three laws of motion in physics. What does Newton's three laws of motion in physics have to do with lying, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Law one states that a body at rest will stay in rest, and a body in motion will stay in motion unless acted on by an external force. This means an object will not change its motion unless another force acts on it. So if you think about our lives, all of us, uh, individually I guess, as little snow-covered hills, not little, maybe big, big snow-covered hills, and you think about uh, our lying as an ping-pong ball sitting right on top of the hill, white ping-pong ball, can't even see it, not causing any problems, until someone comes and gives it a little shove. Then, this ping-pong ball starts rolling down the hill. Uh, by itself, it's no problem, but once it starts rolling, uh, it really starts gaining momentum. It starts growing, picking up snow around it. It starts moving faster and faster, and it's not likely to stop rolling unless an external force is exerted against it to stop it, right? And when we start lying, we continue lying more and more unless there's an intervention. We continue down the hill, getting faster and bigger, which leads us right into law number two. Law two, the force of an object is equal to the mass of that object times its acceleration. A little wordy, we break it down this way. Basically, this, the amount of force exerted on an object when something collides with it is directly proportional to how big it is and how fast it's going. If Skyler threw a ping pong ball at my chest, wouldn't be that bad, because he's, we, never mind. Um, just kidding, buddy. Um, whereas if I got run over by a truck, it would hurt a lot. Yeah. That's the idea. You know, and like, um, like our, uh, our snowball example, you think about it now at this point, we're rolling down the hill. We're about the size of, of uh, an exercise ball, let's say. We are gaining considerable mass and we're gaining measurable speed. And you, you see that the more we compound our lies, the more complex they get, the more we end up getting stuck in this path of lying until we start rolling out of control. Brings us right to law number three. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. the third, in the third law, when two objects interact, they apply a force equal to each other in magnitude and then in opposite direction. So like our now car-sized snowball careaming down a hill, when something get, gets in its way, they will collide, and it will send everything flying in all sorts of directions. Mm -hmm. You know, much like that snowball, our endless trajectory of lies is bound to come crashing down at some point. And every time, no matter what, you end up having an impact, an impact on everybody involved. That impact is met with an amount of force equal to yours, and it will end up sending you away from each other. Kind of like marriage when you tell a lie. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. You know, when we get caught in a lie, it has repercussions on our lives and the lives of everyone that's involved. So what do we do? Hmm? What is our best defense against lying? That's what we're here to find out today. 
So I'm going to pray real quick, and then you're going to take it over, and we're going to jump into it. Awesome. So Lord, I just want to thank you again for this amazing opportunity that you've given us today, God, to meet here today, to, to dedicate these babies' lives, God, to, to be able to speak your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just move your anointing through this place, God. I, I pray that you just impact uh, the lives of everyone here uh, listening, God, everyone in line watching, God. I pray mm-hmm. that the, the ripple effects of your goodness and your grace can be felt throughout this community, even for this, these next coming weeks, God. I pray you just bless our time and our week ahead. In your name, amen. Amen. Take your water and get out of the way. Okay. Junior. <laughs> Once again, talking on grace. <laughs> Awesome. So, you know, the thing is, is this, we all understand that uh, the best defense against lying is truth. Amen? We would all agree with that 100%. And the best form of truth is the truth that is in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to just, we're going to look at this from a couple different perspectives, because if kingdom truth is different than just truth outside of the kingdom, what is kingdom truth? And so this is the first thought we're going to look at this morning. Kingdom truth is gracious. It's gracious. Let me explain. John 1, 14 to 18 says this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we, sh- we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay, so truth is paramount in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So truth uh, under the law is paramount, and truth under grace is paramount. But under the law, truth is declared. It stands alone outside out of the conflict and the damage that it may cause relationally. In other words, the law of the Old Testament is legal in nature. It just states the fact, this is the truth, you have violated the truth, this is the punishment for that violation. Does that make sense? And so under the New Testament, what we're finding out, that relationship is always considered within the context of truth-telling. Truth is still told, but the greater concern is how you tell the truth. So, in other words, grace is relational, the law is legal. So truth without grace is the law. Grace without truth is license. And grace and truth is the kingdom of God. This is a relational kingdom. This is family first. And so this is what we need to understand if we're going to tell truth and have truth told to us. Grace must precede truth. See, the the kingdom of God never lives in deception, but even our truth-telling has to be done in a way that will benefit the listener. So my wife had an infamous saying with me, and the infamous saying was, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. 
And so my defense would be, I'm just telling the truth. And she would say, there's different ways you can tell the truth, Greg. And apparently that was important, as I learned in my marriage. So, you know, the thing is this, you know this is true. And in the kingdom of God, the intent of all truth-telling is to bring freedom. That's the intent. It brings greater freedom and greater life. But how many of you know lying destroys freedom? Lying destroys freedom. And so we need to understand that. I, I, you know, last week, Pastor Tyler preached on, on lust. And if you didn't hear the message, uh, you know, he just did such a great job in putting it together. And uh, I, I encourage you to go online and listen to that message if you didn't hear it. But I was thinking about an analogy from our lives, my wife and I, about lust. And one of the things in our marriage that we have done from the very first day is we have been truthful with one another. So even when I'm struggling with something as terrible as lust, I have learned to go to my wife and say, honey, I'm struggling with lust. And she has two choices at that point. She can crucify me, right? Or she can help me to overcome. And so what, this is the honest truth. My wife will tell you, you can ask her later. Um, I will, I will, I've even been preaching in conferences overseas and phone my wife and say, honey, I'm just, I don't know what's going on. I'm struggling with lust. Can you pray for me? The minute I confess the sin to her and she prays for me, it ends every time without exception. It's so powerful. And so I'm trying to give you a principle here that confession and bringing things into the light takes their power away. Now, that's a very important thing. If your husband is struggling with lust, even if he's struggling with pornography, he needs to be able to come to you, spouse, and tell you, I'm struggling with this, and I don't want to do this. Now, you can get accountable in all those different things. You can do all the things you need to do, and that's important. But I'll tell you this, as a spouse, if you get caught in that lie, it will bring great and tremendous damage to your life. Isn't that true? So we see the kingdom of God working together. I don't want to see husbands afraid to talk to their wives when they're struggling with this. Wives, be gracious toward them. Amen? Amen? amen. No, no man was going to say amen. No man was going to say amen. You understand that, right? They were all waiting for the women to say amen because they're not like, amen! No, that's not what they're going to do in that point. So let's go. What else is the kingdom truth going to be? Uh, Mitch, why don't you tell us? Well, kingdom truth is not only gracious, but it is kind. You know, another way to show kingdom truth is by being kind. Kindness uh, is really something we should be striving for in all areas of our life. How much more than um, should it be when we're trying to strive for the truth? You know, we, we hear this uh, in Romans 2. It says, uh, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. 
you know, unfortunately, there are many people who think that truth is just a license to be unkind, just for truth's sake, just telling them the truth. You know, they, they hold up their truth as a, a battering ram, and they use it to prove a point, judging those who disagree. But this goes directly against Scripture, not just this Scripture, but Scripture in general. You know, you, you see, when we value our truth and judgment over the life and repentance God has provided for us and, and the people of his kingdom, not only are we damaging the people around us, but we're ultimately damaging ourselves, too. That's right. This is where kingdom truth comes in, separate from truth itself. You know, we take the same truth and justice-based idea we've been learning about, and we frame it in such a way that it becomes life-giving instead of destructive. You know, truth in the kingdom, it leads us and the people around us towards greater life. Mm -hmm. Even when you're being honest with people, your intent should be to see them built up in love and brought into freedom, not torn down from where they stand. You know, truth is necessary to bring repentance, but truth must be encased in grace, encased in kindness, encased in love. Kindness, really, is the empowerment of love, you know, love deployed. And as I'm sure many of you know, there's plenty of scriptures out there in the Bible uh, about love. So many good ones. Um, right off the top of my head, you know, you've got, you've got 1 Corinthians uh, 13, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking or easily angered keeps no records of wrongs. It goes on, and it's a beautiful verse. Um, ends with love never fails. You know, there aren't really, however, as many verses about truth. As many notable, memorable, fluffy verses about truth. So there's no descriptors, no descriptions of truth. No, not that we see, at least right. um, very often in the Bible. And that can tempt us to then take what we know about love and, and misconstrue it. We can... We can inverse it and and think that's what truth is supposed to be you know we can take that and go truth is impatient mm. truth is unkind truth is loud and proud and in your face and it points out everything that you did wrong and keeps hounding you until you change and, and unless you cower under its unyielding eye you know truth is not meant to be that and this is how people see what truth is it, it truth really is a gift god has given us he's more than that it's a gift god has entrusted to us when, in fact, his desire to show kindness in this idea of what truth is, is to lead people to change their lives. But we've taken it and we've turned it. You know, worldly truth is based on being right. Mm. Kingdom truth is based on doing right. Wow. Say that again. Kingdom truth mm -hmm. is based on doing right. Yeah. Worldly truth is based on being right. Wow. And when we do write it, really, it just wishes, it wishes the good of another. And when we can be honest with each other in grace, with kindness, it encourages kingdom life within us. Awesome. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. I'm in. Tag. Tag out. Bam. Bam. Should we do a tag? Yeah, come on. Thanks. It's okay. We're family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Kingdom truth encourages. 
love this scripture. If you're going to, if you feel the necessity uh, to speak truth to people, which you should, how you speak it is so important. Listen to Ephesians. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. How many of you know that's a fridge magnet and a half? <laughs> that is a fridge magnet. You know, speaking the truth in a way that builds people up according to their need. Have you ever been in an argument and you just have a need to tell the truth as you see it? That's not what this scripture is talking about. <laughs> I have a need. No, it's saying speak the truth in a way that that person, it meets that person's need even if that person's need is repentance. Speak the truth in a way that helps them to come to that conclusion and to understand that. You know, how do we build people up? How do we encourage them? The word in, to encourage someone means to fill with courage. You know, we all have our own issues in life. We're all dealing with stuff all the time. So if, wouldn't it be better if we built each other up to fill each other with courage to deal with those things rather than tear each other down? Shouldn't we be doing that in our nation right now? Yes, we should. It's hard. Amen. Even my prayers at times are just truth-telling, but they're not filled with grace. Well, that's too convicting. I'll stop talking now. No, I won't. I'm going to talk about something else. How does God speak to you when you fail? He speaks graciously. He speaks kindly. He encourages you. That's what a father does. And so my homework for you today is to encourage somebody in your life. Maybe send a text of appreciation. Just don't say, hey, I appreciate you, which is good, but say, I appreciate you because how thoughtful you are every Valentine's Day. Send a card. I mailed a wife, uh, my, car, my wife a card once. I know, but I'm right in the same house. Why would I do that? Because it was really cool when she opened it up. I even got her a card once when I went into the store. I got her, I missed you card, and I brought her the card into the car. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> if you have kids, put a note in their lunchbox. It doesn't matter if they're in high school. It's even better if they're in high school because it's funny. And uh, have lots of flowers drawn on it. Mommy loves you. Stuff like that. Like, yeah. Or color on their lunch bag. That's even better. They won't eat their lunch. It'll be stuck in the car. <laughs> uh, you can make people a playlist. You can listen to them. Notice them. You know, speak blessing. Buy people a coffee in line this week behind you. 
<laughs> shoot them a text when you remember to pray for them. Pastor Peter is so good at this. When we pray during the week, he always shoots a text to the people we pray for. Hey, we just finished praying for you and just encourages them. And now he only prays on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's his days he covers. So if you don't get yours on Monday or Wednesday, it's not that Peter doesn't love you, just that you were on Monday, Wednesday. So, <laughs> so <laughs> try again. Okay. <laughs> so we, at staff meeting, I'm going to tell you something we, we had to change. At staff meeting, pastors would come and uh, all of us at staff would gather, the administration's pastors, and we'd actually talk about the week, what happened during the week, what was positive, what was negative, what didn't work out well. And we kind of got into this negative rhythm where we were critiquing everything. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of said, this has to stop. And so how we start staff meeting now is with celebrate something positive that happened this week in your ministry. And so that's the front end of our staff meeting, and sometimes it goes 20, 30 minutes, because the things are happening in kids' ministry I don't know anything about, or maybe a care group leader did something spectacular, and we just wanted to celebrate it. We wouldn't hear about it, and I'll tell you, our leadership reads our notes from our staff meeting, and it's the one thing they always comment on. They love the celebrations, because it shows them and paints a picture that we don't all get to see all the time, so then we've just ramped it up lately. We've started something else in staff, and we call it... Um, we give a trophy now, beginning a staff meeting, for the MB, MVP of the week. And so the MVP, we just started, we kind of started as a joke, but then we thought, this is really cool, let's <laughs> keep doing it. And so last week, we gave it to Pastor Tyler for his sermon on lust. The second one was just amazing. If you didn't hear the second sermon, go online and listen to it. Wow. So we MVP. said, MVP. 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 Yeah, it was good. So we gave it to Carla the week before because she was heroic in the largest funeral our church has ever done and in putting the food together and the hours that she spent, it was just incredible and her team. So you understand encouragement is an important thing, you guys. You, you, you can encourage people because how many of you know that's true as well? <laughs> not just what they've done to hurt you or not just that what's been done to damage but what the good things are in people's lives, how many of you know that would change so many things if we just started to encourage one another? So Mitch, I'm going to encourage you right now. Encourage me? I'm going to encourage you. So awkwardly, I love you, man. No, I do love you. But, but you know, what could I encourage my son? I could say so many things, but I'll say one thing about Mitchell, if you don't know him. Uh, he has an enormously awesome EQ. And EQ is an emotional quotient. It, it, employers look for it now because people who have EQ have incredible relational depth and ability. And I just watch you with your friends and I watch you, the way you navigate with people and, and your constant concern and care and love. And I just think whoever is your friend has a great friend. So well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, geez. Now say something nice about me. <laughs> something nice about you. <laughs> EQ is high with this one. <laughs> e EQ is high. <laughs> well, Dad, if I can encourage you today. Thank you. I would tell you how much I appreciate you okay. as a father and as a man and as a Christian. And, a, and the example that you show me of what a, a man should be, a man of God, um, is 
astronomical. I don't think you understand like how much you actually mean to me and how much of the trajectory of where my life is going is, is aimed towards the example that you've set. Mm. I want you to know that. I love you very much. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> little side hug. A little Christian side hug there. A little Christian side hug there. It's too much emotion for right now. Thank you. <laughs> you know, if we could just speak in such a way that honors and reflects the fact that we understand that people we're speaking to are created in the image of God. They're created in the image of God. They are image bearers. It will change the way we speak to each other. It will change the way we tell truth. You know, I have to confess that I, I have not been gracious or kind or encouraging in my thoughts about the leadership of our nation. I haven't been. And I repent of that. I want to be. I want to speak life and I want to speak blessing and I want to speak the kingdom of God. Because if I don't, if I don't, as a member of the body of Christ, if I don't speak life over this nation and peace over this nation, who will? Who will? So that's my confession. We're always speaking about people that are created in the image of God, even when they do things that are broken and they're showing their marred, broken natures. We have to reflect the kingdom of God. Much, why don't you wrap this up for us? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's, that's the true um, idea of what the kingdom is supposed to mean, right? Yeah. You know, in kingdom truth, the idea of it is that it's encased, like we've learned it, in grace and in kindness and encouragement. And, and that then becomes an expression of love. And what if our words brought that grace and kindness and encouragement to ourselves and to others? You know, what, what would that look like in, in your guys' lives, in all, in all of our lives, in, in the lives of our families, even in the life of, of our church families? You know, you've got to have two sides to truth, the truth of, of what you're, you've done or, or what you're doing, and, and then the, also the truth of what you're going to do and, and who you're becoming. You know, our second value as a church, our, our care motto that we use as a church, <clears throat> celebrate, accept, even engage the the second portion of it acceptance <clears throat> states that we should accept ourselves and others with um, while we pursue maturity together honor and honesty this is this is the ideals that we as a church um, step into whenever we decide what, what the steps that we're going to be taking we try to make sure that we're following within this guideline and you know I think um, the greatest lies that we can tell sometimes are the lies to ourselves mm-hmm. or about ourselves because you know the common saying i'm my own worst critic we kind of just accept that as the fact of what it is i'm just my own worst critic but that's not that's not right that's not biblical that's not what god has set out for us we forget who we are yeah. who we're supposed to be becoming you know we are 
in created in the image of God. We are the flag bearers of the Lord, and, and he does not want us to settle for, oh, well, I'm just hard on myself, because that's not his truth that he set before us. That is the worldly truth, the wrong idea about what we're stepping into, but God has so much more set before us if we would stop lying to ourselves and be able to look back and see what he has set for us. You know, we, we forget where we live and where we're becoming, we're living in, we need to be living in kingdom truth to set us free and to set others free around us. We need to become more real and genuine in the kingdom truth yeah. and what God is doing in our lives. Amen. Thanks, buddy. So let me tie it all up. The band's going to come and um, I'll just close with a story. Isn't it true, though, that the worst lies we tell are to ourselves? If we could fix that one thing, start speaking graciously to ourselves, start speaking kindly, start speaking encouraging words as to who Christ created us to be, we would change the world. Amen? That'd be an awesome thing. Well, I'm going to just tell you a story that I think from the Bible that really kind of illustrates the difference between truth under the law and truth in this world versus truth in the kingdom of God. So in the Old Testament, Moses would go and he would uh, go into the presence of God and the Bible says he would speak to God as a friend speaks to a friend. There would be a veil covering, a clouded veil kind of so he couldn't see God, but he would hear God speaking to him. But the presence of God was so strong on Moses that the glory of God so changed Moses that he would literally come out of the tent of meeting and People couldn't even look at him. They were terrified of him because the truth radiated off of him so strongly that they couldn't even manage to handle it. They would be like, put a veil. He literally had to put a veil over his face so they couldn't see the goodness, the glory of God because it was so convicting. They hid from him. How many of you know that's not what you want when it comes to truth-telling? You don't want people repelled. You don't want people hiding. You don't want people lying, justifying hiding from you and so under the new covenant things have changed jesus and the apostle peter and the apostle john climbed the mount of transfiguration the bible says a high mountain there they met with god and and it was incredible literally the the the, the, we don't understand it but the spirit of of elijah showed up in in bodily form the spirit of moses showed up in bodily form and the bible says jesus began to glow and radiate the glory of god he literally lit up like a white candle And, and a voice from heaven spoke this is my son whom i love listen to him and the the disciples were like like terrified they go down off the mountain. Jesus suddenly is no longer seemingly as shiny as he was. And they walk down the mountain. And then this is what the scripture says about what happened. It's in Mark chapter 9. They came to the other disciples from the mountain. They saw a large crowd around them. And the teachers of the law arguing with those who were preaching grace. As soon as all the people saw Jesus... They were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. When Moses came off the Mount of Transfiguration, people ran from him. When Christ came off the Mount of Transfiguration, because his truth was coated in grace, 
His truth was coated in kindness. His truth was coated in encouragement and love. They ran toward him. Hallelujah. What a hope that we have in Christ, church. That we can come and we can be set free from our lying. We can be set free from the damaging effects of, 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 of things that do not create the life of God. We can be real and we can be honest and nothing but grace is waiting for us. Isn't that the kind of life that you want to live toward others? Amen? Isn't that the kind of life you want to receive for yourself? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's bow our heads in prayer before we sing this song. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, you know, I, I just, my worst lies that I tell to, my, to anybody are myself. Church, listen to me. If you disagree with God's assessment of who you are, you are lying. If God says that you are a child of God, if God says you are my beloved, if God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, if God says I have chosen you and appointed you to bear fruit, if God says you're my beloved, who are you to say you're not? This is who you are. So maybe you need to start speaking kingdom truth over your own life. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand with me. Say, Pastor, that's me. Yes, yes, yes. Many, many, many hands. Many hands saying, yeah, I'm hard on myself, too hard. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for bringing it to the light. Thank you, church. Amen? Beautiful. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know, you need to have a conversation with your significant other find freedom in your life on something and the you know the, the desire is that you will do that maybe you need to find a friend that you can be honest with and say I need some freedom here I need to find it you know the thing is if you keep things in darkness they still have power it's when you bring them in the light that they lose their power and the light is the goodness of God the love of God the kindness of God if you're here today and you're saying pastor I just I just need to be set free from some things I don't know what that is, but I want to give you an opportunity to say yes. No matter what that is, just have an honest moment with God right now. Give me a wave. Say, Pastor, that's me. Pray with me. Amen? Yes, yes, yes. God is good. Lastly, if you're here, if you're watching online, and you just need to make a movement of your heart toward God, and surrendering your life to Him, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait and try and make yourself better. Come just as you are and say, today I'm going to give my life to Jesus, the living truth. And if that's you here today, give me a wave and say, Pastor, would you pray with me to ask Jesus to come into my life? Yes, yes. Are there others that would join these in raising their hands? If you're online and watching right now, there's a button for you to press this. I made a first-time commitment to Jesus Christ today. We would love to know that we, so we can encourage you and pray for you. Anyone else want to raise their hand and join these that have already raised theirs? Feel free to do that. I'm looking around right now. Yes, thank you. We're going to pray a prayer. All of us that raise our hand or if we've ever raised our hand, we're going to pray it out loud together with these and just raise their hands. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus 
die for me. Now help me to live for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today, amen. Thanks, Mitchell. Great job preaching today, buddy. Way to go, buddy. Give him a hand as well.